I was, uh, this is totally off topic, but I was thinking about the Simpsons came up in my mind right before I called you. And I just had this thought of like, wouldn't it be funny if like someone went to a funeral and the eulogy, the guy who got up to do the eulogy just said things about that person that are universal for everyone. Like, yeah, he was, he really liked music and, um, he He enjoyed, he enjoyed food. Yeah, he really he enjoyed lived, food. He lived how he lived. He, <laughs> he. Okay, so welcome to Famous When I'm Dead, a podcast where professional artists hand you the tools to thrive while you're still alive. I'm your host, Sam King Davis, artist, designer, teacher, creative entrepreneur. I live, I like to have cereal, I like music, I live, I live a good life. <laughs> uh, and today uh, I want to introduce you to... I. A guy I didn't do much research on, but I know that you're a storyboard <laughs> artist. <laughs> we keep it professional around here. Um, yeah, so storyboard artist for the likes of The Simpsons, Family Guy, Frozen, Zootopia, and probably a bunch that I'm missing. So we'll talk more about that. Uh, Mr. Ben Lane, everybody. Hello. What is the wheeze? What's that? Wheeze is a, uh, a childhood nickname. Uh, uh, it was my dad was the uh, was the grandmaster of nicknaming people, and <laughs> I've had weasel since I as long as I can remember. Uh, my brother is Scrub. Uh, my sister <laughs> Pooh. Uh, her husband's Pumpkin. These are all my dad's doing. So, uh, if you're loved, you have a nickname. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, my it's funny. My grandpa did that too. He died before I was born, but he had apparently a nickname for everyone. Isn't that the uh, praying mantis lady? <laughs> he just had like everybody had a name. I think his were probably a little more mean though, like Fatso and stuff like that. Yeah, but, he know. had uh, he had friends that you know. I would always I would he talk about his friend Muss. And so I thought the guy's name was Muss. Well, Muss was short for muscles. Uh, and <laughs> I don't know how long he, I don't know if that's a dad, one that my dad come up with. But, um, and then there was another friend of his, they all, everyone called Fit. And, and of course, one day I finally decided, okay, dad, what, a, what's, what's Fit mean? Well, I, Fit mean, and, and I guess the guy was from Alabama or something. And he was telling a story about how these, Two guys got in a fit, and they fit, and they fit, and uh, <laughs> fight. And of course, you know, he uh, once once you make a mistake like that in front of a peers, you know. <laughs> yeah, forget it. <laughs> yeah. Know. Oh man, yeah. My my wife grew up with a bunch of brothers, and she they just like they never let her live stuff down. Hey, remember that time when you were seven years old and you <laughs> put super glue in your eye or whatever. <laughs> So yeah, you, know, uh, you know you're loved. Yeah, yeah. I wish she felt that way about it. I think, 
I think they uh, that you know that's kind of how they bond or whatever. But I think they're they're pretty harsh. You know, they're pretty harsh on it. I think that's just a this a, a coping mechanism of that generation. You know, you laughed at you know misery. I mean, you, <laughs> everything was miserable at that you know then. So you know, you had to you know laugh your way through that stuff. So what do we laugh at now? I laugh at people like losing their minds over social justice warrior issues. Oh, we got plenty to laugh at now. I mean, Christ, oh. we four years of plenty to laugh at. Oh yeah, that's a lot of laughs. Yeah, <laughs> and I got a lot of laughs out of that too. Did oh. I show you my? Let me show you my. Uh, the guests are probably getting tired of seeing this, but I I, <laughs> I usually reuse my clay, but I can't bring myself to. Uh, <laughs> can't bring myself to tear you stopped short you stopped short of uh uh committing i see you uh didn't want to do the bottom half no i got the i i had him as job of the hut so i i took i take the picture and then i put it in procreate and i put it you know i merge it with job of the hut and so it's trump the hut <laughs> yeah it was a good one. <laughs> oh, that guy was fodder for sure so why don't we start by uh, talking just about um, kind of how you got started or like when you knew you wanted to be an artist and then like what you had to kind of get through and how you got through that. Um, they, uh, like many people, I think I had Drew as a kid. Um, my influence was my, I had an older, I have, I'm the youngest of four and my oldest brother uh, liked to draw. Um, and I remember looking at his sketchbooks as a kid and, um, should I look at you or should I look at the camera? I feel like I, Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll blur your face out for the whole interview anyway. So <laughs> probably a good idea. The beard absorbs all the light, so I can't really see <laughs> what direction you're <laughs> it absorbs food and coffee too. It's great. Um, the, uh, so I he he had these sketchbooks. When I look back, they were obviously like mostly school assignments, like he was drawing a paper bag. But he also had some doodles, and and I I would trace those doodles, and that was that was the start. Um, and he introduced me to uh, Bloom County, you know, the comic strip, um, and uh, my hometown. Um, Eventually, the uh, guy who did Garfield uh, set up shop in my hometown. Tom Davis, is that right? Uh, Jim Davis. Jim Davis, yeah. And uh, he had he had a uh, the, his studio was just right outside of my town, and and that kind of I had already had an interest in art, but then my mom saw that oh you can get a career in art, and so she was she was very supportive, not as best as she could, you know. Um, you know, we definitely a uh, blue collar family, you know, so being the artist was kind of the odd, odd man out. Um, Where did you grow up? Indiana, Muncie, oh, Indiana. Okay. Um, if you ever watched uh, Parks and Recreation? Yeah, a couple times, yeah. They they bag on Muncie a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm the fun. town that that show makes fun of, you know that yeah. one? <laughs> well, you know, uh, was it Jerry, Gary, Larry Gergich character? Oh yeah, <laughs> he has a timeshare in Muncie, so that just 
That just tells you. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's um grew up Muncie. Ball State was um is is there the uh that's the college that Dave Letterman went to. And um um once I got to um I did well. I did well. I did well in art in high school, but I I had really really uninspiring art teachers. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of got. I got once I got. I, I knew I liked art. I mean, I was on the student council and always did the signs and stuff like that. And but once I got out of high school, I was like, well, you know, art didn't look like all that much fun because all I kind of knew was printmaking and making mobiles and really lame craft that. I'm not saying it is lame, but it didn't appeal to me. And um, uh, shortly after that, I did the care. I did caricatures um, at a theme park in Which one? Uh, <laughs> Opryland, USA. Oh wow, that uh, sounds like one of those weird places, like Branson, Missouri. It is. Opryland is now is no more because of Branson, Missouri. Ah, the uh, Branson kind of took the crowds that Opryland used to appeal to, and uh, it's like the uh, hillbilly version of Las Vegas. Yes, um, Opryland started because of the Grand Old Opry, uh, Opry, um, and uh, uh, they built a theme park, but it was really limited in its space. It could, you know, it had a freeway on one side, had a river on the other, so they could never really expand the park and that was sort of its demise um, mm. so if they wanted to add new rides they would have to tear down something and build it and um so they you know they kept up in the price and 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 eventually just they just it just couldn't sustain itself so it closed uh, it closed in the early 90s or late 90s mid 90s mm. but yeah so i did caricatures there for a couple of years and uh i met uh, met some people who were pursuing animation in college, and that really piqued my interest. And so that's that sort of dictated my school choice and career choice after that point. Mm -hmm. Which college did you go to? Uh, it's Columbus College of Art and Design. It's in Columbus, Ohio. And so you got like after that, you started meeting people in in the industry, or you just got right into animation after that. Um, they had the big appeal to um, CCAD was that they um, at that time Disney animation was sending representatives there to scout for talent and um, that uh, that really spoke to me so I got in and I would I went through the interview process with them like two years in a row and I always did well I always got like a one-on-one -on -one interview with them well for two years in a row, they they ultimately end up picking someone else. So um, I, I didn't quite land the job I wanted after graduation, but uh, um, I did eventually, you know, work my way into Disney. Just took mm -hmm. a little longer than I expected. What was the first job that you had at Disney? Uh, didn't that didn't come till later? But uh, working on um, as a story artist on Fro uh, Zootopia. Okay. Huh. So that was 2012, I think. 2013. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
I thought it's the Simpsons. So you got the Simpsons gig after that, huh? I have left and gone back to Simpsons a few times. <laughs> I started Simpsons in 97, so that would have been season nine of the show. Okay. So was there any particular issues that are, are like kind of challenges that you had to overcome? I mean, was it difficult to kind of piece together your income or was it all pretty, pretty, did you kind of slide right in? Like, did you have a full-time job at Disney right away or was it piecemeal or what? Um, well, I just, so, you know, I wasn't at Disney for too long. I was only at Disney for two years. Mm -hmm. uh, and like I said, that kind of came later. I was my, anim most of my animation career is, was at, uh, working on the Simpsons. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just talking to someone the uh, the other day about this. I can't, I've lost track of how many years I've been on there, but it was it's probably at least a dozen or so, mm -hmm. and then bouncing around other studios. Mm. Um, so you were a freelancer then, yeah? No, 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 no. Oh. It was full time work. Um, oh, okay. It's it's pretty commonplace if you work in animation that you bounce around. Um, I I. The Simpsons are actually a unique beast that they, that they've been around as long as they have. Yeah. And it's funny you go to another studio and more than it's 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 likely you're going to work with other people who at one point or another had already worked at Simpsons and then left and went somewhere else. So yeah. Everyone has worked there at some point. It seems like. How many people worked? I mean, I, I guess it changed through the years, but what was like kind of the average number of people working there? Um, I'd say a couple hundred. Holy I mean, had, shit. Yeah. I mean, it was a, you got, they, they had a, they had a bunch of, they have a bunch of, uh, to be honest, I, I would have to, probably find out what it's like nowadays because they don't they don't um they 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 their process of animation was a little different from most productions where they would do a storyboard and then they would do what's called character layout which is what i did and the character layout you know there were you know there would be a team of you know four or five three or four character layout artists per show and there'd be you know four or five shows in production at any given point um and uh, no, there really are. There really is any other TV animated program that does character layout. Uh, most TV productions do what's called storyboard, plussed up storyboards. Um, Simpsons is kind of working towards that. They've been kind of uh, their storyboards are almost like what I used to do as a character layout artist. Now, uh, back then. Um, so I, 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 don't, I don't know if they have the character layout staff that they used to have. Um, but yeah, you got, you know, a staff of background designers, prop designers, timers, uh, character layout, background um, artists. Uh, I mean, so you have the designers and then you have a background artist per show. You have, so yeah, it's a lot of people. And uh, I remember, uh, I think it was, was it Dom Bianchi? That came to Iska, and he talked about uh, working on Family Guy, and he was saying that it takes a whole year to like once the concept is sort of written down and the sketching starts, it takes a whole year for that to get on screen. Yeah, we're we're they're 
We're probably uh and he Dom worked on Family Guy, you said, right? Yeah. I think I know who that is. I worked there for a year. Um and they also the the writing staff was with Family Guy. Simpsons, the writing staff is actually in a different location. Oh, that's weird. Um by the time we actually get the script and start working on it, it's it's about six to seven months before it airs. So um, let me try to cite an example. Like I started in, in November on what was going to be the Halloween episode for the following year. So yeah, it's a little, a little less than a, a little more than a, a little less than a year. Um, but the Halloween episodes tend to be a bigger show, so they tend to start those. They tend to give them a little more uh, um, work time. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not quite a year, I think, when we get when Simpsons gets a script. How long has the Simpsons been on now? How many seasons? How old are you? <laughs> Thirty-six. Uh, you were four years old um whoa yeah 32 years huh it's uh i believe 1989 i think is when the christmas the first episode the christmas episode with santa's little helper i think that's when that aired oh man i remember how terribly drawn those were too oh it's rough it was bad Uh, it's uh, even unrecognizable almost there I probably shouldn't say this, so bleep miss bleep me out here. But there's actually an episode that that was finished that was so bad they never aired it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, and uh, they redid it, and so, um, but yeah, I've actually I didn't watch the whole thing, but I have seen that episode, and yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> um, but they, uh, you know, but before it even aired, that episode aired, they had the Tracy Allman. Uh, bumpers, which is before a Tracy Ullman show would cut to commercial, they showed these little, you know, 30 second, 10 second long Simpson shorts. Oh, and that's how it got started. <clears throat> and uh, Dave Silverman um, worked on those, he, he and uh, I think Wes Archer worked on those. And Dave Silverman's still on the production today. Wow. So what's your main uh, what's your main work now? I am a storyboard artist, uh, so we work digitally. Uh, oh. Work with uh, Toon Boom's uh, Storyboard Pro. Um, they give me a script, and I meet with them like on a Monday with the director and supervising director, and uh, go over any questions I have, and then I'm given two weeks to. Uh, board out a third of the show okay what's um, oh so you're doing that for family guy now no 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 simpsons oh still simpsons okay, okay. yeah yeah should i break down my career timeline for no, you no, well i don't know <laughs> i don't think it's important well i'll go just just say it was a block of time on simpsons then okay and then uh 2010 i went to family guy for a year and then went back to simpsons for a couple years then to disney uh for a couple years then back to simpsons or no no i'm sorry 
after Disney, we moved back here, so I went to Ben 10, went to Cartoon Network for uh, work from here, work remotely, but I was on Ben 10 for a few years, and now I'm back to Simpsons. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back in a minute or so. Most creatives get pretty burnt out and frustrated with all of the administrative tasks that go with being a professional artist. Taxes, accounting, client relations, shipping and handling. It just drains our energy and it takes away precious time for us to spend in the studio. That is a sigh of relief. I have good news for you. I've been working with a team of artists and other industry professionals to create a new kind of online learning platform and community for artists and students. This platform is designed to bring you a passive income, meaning that all you need to do is shoot the course and the money will roll in as long as the course is up on our page. There are a lot of other exciting innovations that we're going to work into this platform, which I do not have time to talk about now. But if you are interested in Sketcharium, go ahead and pop on over to Sketcharium.com. That's Sketch, A-R-I-U-M.com. Fill out the proposal form and we'll get back to you right away. Hey, thanks for watching Famous When I'm Dead podcast. This episode and all future episodes are going to be available on any one of your favorite podcast apps. I'll also be making all of my interviews from last year available as we move forward. This podcast is free for you to listen to, but it is not free for me to produce. So I want to give a shout out to the patrons, um, Tom Lambert and Lynn Davis at the $10 level, Chance McGee at the $5 level, you can find him on Instagram at Chance McGee Kunst. Also, Darren Kennedy and Joan Fleming at the $2 level. If you are still listening at this point, chances are that you do get value out of this podcast. If you are able to and you want to show us some love, be sure to pop over to our Patreon page. It's uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash famous when I'm dead. The link will be in the description below. If you're strapped for cash and you still want to show us some love and support, um, make sure that you share the podcast with friends, family. Maybe you have students that might be interested in hearing the stories of these professional artists. Also, I'm excited to announce that our landing page for Sketcharium is now open. It is a beta page and we will be updating that as we move along. But if you'd like to hop over to Sketcharium.com, that's Sketch. A-R-I-U-M.com. You can sign up to teach a course and you can browse around and see what we're up to. Hop on over there and check it out. And if you have any additional questions that aren't answered in the FAQ page, just go ahead and shoot me an email. You'll find it there on the page. Welcome back. Okay, so I do want to ask you a question. What's the worst trouble you've ever been in? <laughs> I'm a good boy. I, uh, you're talking about like with law or just in just, general. Yeah, just the most despicable thing you've ever done. <laughs> oh, I don't want to even touch that one. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I've, 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 I've never been a troublemaker. I've had, I have another older, another sibling who's, who is, I guess the, uh, he wasn't the black sheep, but definitely was the one that pushed my parents' buttons. <laughs> yeah. And, 
And so I think watching like, okay, as a, you know, I'm six years younger than he. And I think I just, I observed that that's causing a lot of problems. You know, the way he interacts with my mom isn't really, that just, it seems problematic. You know, I didn't. So I think I always just sort of had a, a, a mentality of don't, don't, you know, don't push buttons. Don't rub people the wrong way. Try to get along, you know. Um, I have friends from high school, and and I always thought the re- I think one of the reasons we're friends is we all all of us have older siblings who were sort of troublemakers. So yeah, I did. I think too. We, we've never we had this like unspoken bond um, that you know we kind of uh, uh, know what it's like to live in fear. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were not, not, not they're you know our siblings weren't terrorizing, but they were but you know. I think we all witnessed what, you know, a troublemaker can be like and the 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 pain they wrought. So Yeah, yeah. I can definitely uh I can definitely relate to that. My older brother, he's five years older and he uh he was from a different father and he I don't know, I never met the father, but he must have been a wild guy because my brother was just insane when we were growing up, some of the stuff that he did. He always like street fighter, always getting in fights and trouble with the law and stuff. So, well, you have a calm demeanor, so I that I I wonder if that's a, a result of that. I think so. Yeah, I think that if I would have uh, pushed him too much, he probably would have thrown me out the window. He would have <laughs> thrown me out the window more than he already threw me out the window. <laughs> I still, I have occasionally. I, I will. My my brother, when we were kids, he would wake me up with like just hit me with a pillow, you know. <laughs> just to wake you up, yeah. Just to wake me up, and I I will on occasion still wake up jolted. <laughs> Post traumatic like by a pillow, so <laughs> not the most traumatic thing I know a person can experience, but it's just funny that you know, you know those sort of memories will linger. There's a skit right there. You go you go back twenty years in history, and you go to the psychotherapist, and that's your. <laughs> To a traumatic experience, getting hit with a pillow. That would get laughed out of the office, I think. That's, uh, that seems pretty I'd, weenie. They'd have a drug for, for it by then. <laughs> um, so what are some of the, like, is there particular kind of principles? Uh, I guess the structure is kind of already there when you're working for a big studio, but is there any kind of principles that you use to keep your own practice going or that you had to use while you're in the studio to kind of keep your flow going? Um, uh, just, you know, I, I guess I, I always be willing to learn. I mean, I, 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 I think I really took to the animation industry when I got there and um, just being surrounded by so many other talented people. And and um, that's actually how I sort of, you know, when, when I when I first started you know, on Simpsons, like I said, I did character layout. So we were handed storyboards to work off of. And I was always there. There were a couple artists whose boards I always thought were so so cool to look at and and um and i already had an interest in storyboarding but i hadn't i really had no experience at it so um that you know after a few years at simpsons i started you know started kind of working my way to a storyboard position um 
uh, unfortunately, at Simpsons, there there was only just like a few spots, and the guys that did it back then were pretty settled into their position, so it was it wasn't really an opening for a storyboard artist. Um, but um, um, yeah, I'd say you know, I, never assume you know everything you need to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, always keep be you know. I mean, to this day, I'm still learning. Um, boarding on Simpsons is one thing, you know, we, they, they definitely have a, uh, a Simpsons way of doing stuff. Um, but you know, you go to feature and it's a different mindset. You got, you know, you got to treat your boards more cinematic, uh, cinematically and, um, think in a more like an action, the camera isn't locked down that you can really move the camera around and explore the shot. So. Um, hmm. yeah, it's, it's a different way of thinking. So, um, is that, that's pretty much 40, uh, around 40 hours a week for you then? Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Maybe if 50. Not, if a, um, if the, you know, like this, uh, we just recently did a, a parody episode. Uh, I won't mention the show that we parodied, but it was definitely a a, um, a switch in style as far as the way that we normally do the show. And when you throw a monkey wrench in the system like that, you know, prepare to work late nights because it just just to get your head wrapped around it usually takes a few days just to get acclimated. Do you feel like? Um, do you feel like you're getting kind of your creative? juices going and your kind of creative needs met working on the Simpsons or do you maintain a pretty hefty kind of personal practice? I, I get, I, I, I like Simpsons because it provides me, you know, the financial means to pursue anything else I care, uh, care to do. You know, I don't, I, you know, I, I'm, I actually, I like so many other things that, you know, I'm not just wanting to paint or do stuff like that. I mean, I, I was about to, I was going to show you some, I'm a big fan of Halloween. Yeah, let's see it. I see something in the background there looking That's, pretty f freaky. Uh, well, there's a lot of things back here are freaky, I guess. Um, but this is a, uh, for Halloween last year, I did a, 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 a pirate, <laughs> pirate, uh, uh, kind of a Pirates of the Caribbean spoof. Whoa. Thing. So I had like a couple cannons. So my brother actually carved the cannon. He did it out. He had a, a, a giant, um, oh, what's that called? Lathe machine, wood lathe machine. So oh, he made, wow. He made the body part, but um, I had to go through and insert these LEDs. I was trying to show, I don't know if you can see there's LEDs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, put a fog machine in the back end of this thing. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I had like a, like a cannon. I had like two cannons, like a whole show of a pirate ship and a, a fort in my front yard nice. um, with a whole like little, uh, show. Um, but I mean, I, I, I will spend almost all my free time thinking about, oh, what am I going to do next year? <laughs> okay, okay, cool. So, you know, it's like, 
But having a full-time job like this allows me to spend money on dumb stuff like this. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and I, I am lucky enough to have a supportive wife who appreciates my, my uh, interest. Nerding out. So she, she's behind me all the way on this. You play the ukulele too, yeah? I do. Um, I see I you have, got a couple of them back there. Oh, we have a I have. Yeah, <laughs> that one's playable. That one's playable. This one is is actually a prop ukulele. It was um, that They're one smashing is, at the end of the show. <laughs> it was a there. There was a um, <laughs> that one. Uh, there's a I have a, a an Olaf standee. Because I, when I when I by the time I was at Disney, uh, Frozen was just coming out, and so um, they in the lobby they had brought in this like eight foot tall fiberglass Olaf statue, um, not statue, but it's just a standee anyway. He had a ukulele in his hand, and and at that time while I was at Disney, I would I had a a like a weekly meet up with other artists and we would play the ukulele during the lunch hour and nice. uh, so one day i asked i just asked the <laughs> studio so what are you gonna do with that olaf when you guys are done i'm like well i don't know you want it i'm like yeah i'll take it I'm like, so now i have an eight foot olaf in my storage oh uh, well there you go man there's your <laughs> halloween prop right there <laughs> uh been trying to unload it so if anyone watching wants an eight foot olaf please contact sam king davis um he but a, so that's uh, just a later. generous fee for the <laughs> consultation fee for hooking you guys up. <laughs> Find so, that's the, so that's the ukulele that belongs to that Olaf statue. Um, I have a ukulele here in my office and I've had it for like maybe two or three years now. And I don't know, man, we have a guitar too that has hardly been touched at all in three years. I just, I don't know. I, I guess I don't have the patience or like I it's hard for me to sit down and like I can do it for a couple days or like three days or sometimes off and on for a week or so. But then I get involved in another project and I forget about it for six months or whatever. And I don't know. Well, I, I really that... want to be musical. You know, I really want to play music, but I don't know if it'll ever happen. I uh, if I didn't pursue art, I probably would have pursued music, but I'm definitely much better at art than I am at music. Yeah. I learned early on that girls like it when you play the piano or the guitar. Mm -hmm. So I never really took lessons. Never I tried lessons, but I got bored really quick. Um, but you know, when you talk to a girl on the phone and you start playing on the piano, and they're like, "Ooh, what's that?" And, yeah. And, uh, of course, it never really worked for me. It never got me anywhere. But you know. <laughs> Um, it was always fun to go to a party if the you know friends had a piano and sit down and play and of course they they re request a song or something. Do you play uh, the piano as well? Yeah, but I, unfortunately I can't sing with a damn. Uh. <laughs> so I could play the piano, but as soon as I start singing, it, it was like the crowd would disperse. So um, you gotta pull your you gotta pull your Tom Waits voice out. Yeah, <laughs> puff a few more cigarettes and knock back some bourbon and. Yeah. So, um, but now I, my wife is a musician and, and so she's, uh, sh 
I think she had a ukulele. I forget why she got a uke. I think she got it for a possible, like, she just wanted to do some recording with it. And I started messing around with that. Oh, my God, this thing's great. I love it. And so I quickly bought two for myself. There's a uh, there's a guy who has a good channel. Oh man, I'm forgetting the name now. I can send you the link, but he's got a. It's the best training channel online that I can find. I'm surprised he doesn't have more videos. He'd get a lot of viewers, but he does a four camera shot. So there's like one one camera is just on him, and then the other camera's on this hand, and the other camera's on that hand, and you get to see it from all the angles. Sure. So whatever angle works best for you, and then he's teaching you stuff on the guitar or the ukulele. So he did uh, Carolina by James Taylor. And I was, oh, I almost had that. I don't know why I stopped. I was so close to having that whole song. It was really complicated, but it sounds really cool on the ukulele, you know. You um, know, I, I was just watching, I was just watching your interview with Jan and, you know, you guys, and I caught the comment where he said, you know, doesn't really believe in talent. He just, he just believes that um, if you're interested in getting better, you will get better. Yeah, that's how I am with instruments, and it's like I have an in, in my head. I visualize myself on stage one day, jamming really loud. <laughs> I, I foresee that it will never happen. I don't want it to happen. I just, but I, that is a driving motivation for me to, you know, play musical instruments, to do the storyboards, and do you know some of the art that I pursue. So, yeah. Yeah, Zeppelin sounds really good on the ukulele, by the way. <laughs> really? I mean, the music's great for, for ukulele, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I know some... George Harrison, obviously a big proponent. Um, so a lot of his stuff... I swear, I, 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 I'm, this is just my theory, but I think he wrote a lot of his songs initially on a uke. I'm just guessing. I don't know this. Okay. And well, then, we're going like, to call that fact. Because there's some of the songs I'm sure I play, I'm like, okay, this sounds like this was meant. Like he did this on the uke and then ended up recording on a guitar or whatever. And um, But it probably started out on a uke. Hmm. So let's talk about existential crisis for a second. <laughs> sure. That's a good transition. I've, uh, I get this thing every now and then when I, I look at like an old building or I just think about kind of like the flow of life. There's this weird thing that happens. I don't know if you've experienced this, but it's like when I look back over and I suppose I'm getting to that middle age now. So I'm kind of looking back a little bit more. I have more time to look back on. And I just think of these times in my life that are like different lives. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like, well, now I live in Prague, so that's kind of a different life anyway, like a really different life. You know, it's seven years now in Prague. But then, like, different stages of my life, you know, like when I think, you know, my teenage years or my early 20s or whatever, it's like, that was just a totally different person, you know? And a lot of the stuff I don't even remember. So I guess my my, my question is, like, uh, that, that's probably all the drinking. <laughs> but, uh, um. I guess my question for you is like, do you ever get that thing where you, you think like, uh, you think about like what you're leaving behind this legacy kind of thing. And I guess you probably have that kind of fulfilled in some way by working on these big influential shows. But the, I think the thing that's kind of 
maddening and beautiful about it at the same time is that it's like it really doesn't matter how big we get or like how well or how big of a contribution we make 50 years from now 20 years from now or 20 years after we're dead nobody's going to remember that no. <laughs> you know? no so i don't know i don't know what the question is but i'm just wondering if you could relate to that uh i think a lot i th- you know ironically i have my you know i have a son right now who's he's 20 going to be 21 this year 21 during the uh isca convention in vegas and i think he's going to come along oh nice (laughs) uh so and um and you know he's a couple years into college and i think he's he's or at this stage where he's you know, he's he's trying to figure out where he wants to kind of go in college. We've always, ironically, we're probably the only Midwest parents who support, who like encourage their son to pursue art. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he wasn't sure if he wanted to do that, and that's fine. We, you know, we we will definitely support any interest that he wants. Um, and you know, when you when we talk to him about it, he's like he he doesn't you know he he. He's worried about working on doing something that's meaningful, mm-hmm. and 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 I and I guess we all like that. Just that thought, I guess, is always kind of there. You, I mean, I don't know if everyone experiences this or not, but yeah, I think um, um, y- you don't want to be a burden on society. I guess you want to try to help out at least a little bit. And I think I am lucky enough to work on something that. Yes, if the day you know when I die, say, oh yeah, he worked on that show for a while, and here lies Ben worked and, on The Simpsons, <laughs> and and I and it it is a uh, it is a easy in. I'm not I, I've never had the gift of gab, and I've never really been able to just walk among strangers and just start talking. Um, so to have that Simpsons card. Has always been an in, an easy thing to talk about. So, mm-hmm. um, and that, you know, I think having that is, yeah, built. And I'm not, I don't want to make it sound too big, but yes, gives me purpose, you know. And um, so, you know, I, 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 you didn't really ask a question, so I don't know if I'm making a point. Yeah, but. yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're not making any sense, but that's okay. I mean, we. <laughs> You know, we, we love everyone here, so <laughs> you'll this will be your shortest interview yet down to the essential. Okay, I gotta go now. <laughs> Who's that? Oh, I think my wife's gone. Yeah, so um so I'm gonna uh, call a quick break and when we come back we're gonna do the ten rapid fire questions. Oh so boy. we'll be right okay. back. All right. And we're back. So <laughs> wait a minute. We didn't go anywhere. Wait. Um, okay. There, the hard thing about keeping an interview to an hour is that like, there's so much other stuff that comes up. I don't think about it until the conversation gets going and I'm like, Oh yeah. What about that? What about that? But I think it's time for the, the rapid fire questions. Let me see if there's anything else. Oh, I guess I did want to just kind of like finish up with what we were saying about, um, your work, like, is there any illustration stuff or things that you do 
like art wise, aside from, you know, making weird cannons and stuff for Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't really pursue freelance. I, I have, I have like, a, it seems like I've always got a couple people who will occasionally call me up and ask if I want to do some freelance work. Um, mostly animation. Um, there's a, there's actually a, a company in LA out of Torrance. And I was introduced to this guy, God, I probably before 2000. And I'm pretty sure before my son was born. And I have done freelance work for this guy on and off all these years. As of last year, I still, still work with this guy. I have never met him face to face. I have talked on the phone. I have done Skype meetings. I've, I probably, honest to God, if I walked past him in the in the street, I wouldn't know who he was, unless he talked. I wouldn't recognize him otherwise. You meet him and he's like sh- four four feet tall. <laughs> keep talking, like you know, because I've come to California once in a while. Because we got to get together. Like <laughs> I know, but, uh, and he always seems to like you know he'll call me up like like right now I'm on a hiatus from Simpson, so I'm expecting a call from him any now any moment now, um, but he's. Um, I've never really had to pursue a, a, a work in the illustration or anything because things just kind of always kind of fell in my lap when I needed them. Um, so uh, I uh, I think that's one of the reasons I pursued the job I have is I was never I knew I wasn't going to be uh, big on self promotion, making portfolios, making. Um, flyers, making you know, doing all that sort of stuff. I, I that that never appealed to me. So, landing a job in a studio suited me well. <laughs> yeah. So your interests are outside of the studio are pretty much like the ukulele and looks like looks like reading and messing around with Halloween stuff and. Oh, I mean, I do. I, I'll do some. You know, I, I do like flash animation. You know, when that was the thing, I did a. T- you know, I jumped on board. You know flash animation when that came around and um i'll do i you know i i might send you some of that too but um i i I like limited animation style i'm not you know i don't profess to be a disney animator um but i um uh i i i I will do that to entertain myself and you know I've, i've done some work uh, with flash animation. Oh, well, maybe that's him. Let's see. Oh, here we go. What was your most memorable moment working on the Simpsons and what advice would you give to anyone who wanted to get into a similar type of show? Greetings from Dublin, Ireland from Alfred Reed. Home of the Guinness. Ah, uh, memorable moment. Probably one time, uh, going to a, um, I guess there uh, was the rap party, not rap party, premiere party. They would hold them in different pl- spots around town. And I want to say this one was at a blues sh- house of blues. Nice. And so they're what? Yeah, we're watching the premiere episode and I'm more st- my wife and I are standing there. Suddenly I hear this laugh, very distinctive laugh, but look behind me and it's Phil Hartman. Oh, nice. And this was maybe months before he got shot. 
So that was, uh, but just I mean, the moment itself was really probably one of the first times I'm like, oh, wow, there are famous people here now. And, um, and, uh, and then months later, of course, when he died, it was like a very significant, uh, it became a significant moment to me. So. Uh, probably yeah, not the not the moment he was uh, hoping to hear about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the time I met the celebrity and he got shot later. Yeah. That was my most memorable moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's really sad, man. Like my wife actually reminded me of that. I didn't even didn't even remember that moment, that blip in history there. But wasn't that was it his wife that shot him? Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah, those stories are always tragic. Like uh, the Jim Croce, like, you know, Jim Croce? Yeah. Musician. Yeah. Yeah. My wife listens to his music all the time, but he died at like 33. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, man, what would have happened if they would have stayed, if they would have kept going, you know? No kidding. No kidding. But all right. So here we go. Rapid fire questions. Ready? Have you heard of Drawsome.com? Of course you haven't because it hasn't officially launched yet. But I have talked to Manny Abitizian, the founder, about it in detail. It's going to be Drawsome. The Drawsome app is an exciting new platform that's coming soon for artists and art lovers that's going to change the game. It's a creative social media marketplace where artists can post your artwork, receive commissions, and even turn each post into a print-on-demand product that's drop-shipped directly to your customers. That means people can choose if they want your design on a print, mug, t-shirt, whatever, and you don't have to deal with the printing or shipping. You want in on that, don't ya? Go ahead and hop over to Drawsome.com, that's D-R-A-W-S-O-M-E.com, and sign up to be the first to receive updates and news as soon as it's launched on iOS, Android, and web. Go sign up, Drawsome.com, and we'll keep you posted. Uh, Skit. Okay. Do I have to give a reason for these? Because I don't... That's the appropriate answer for a storyboard guy okay sure. <laughs> last meal uh the best mexican food i've ever had i found here in omaha and i lived in los angeles so <laughs> and it would be the enchiladas enchilada poblanas mm. oh man i just got hungry <laughs> I, there's a place here called little mexico in prague and it's probably the best Mexican, most authentic best Mexican food I've ever had. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's what this is. This is, you know, the guy, I guess it's his mom's, <laughs> it's like recipes that he got from his mother. And and uh, we actually have a very large Mexican community here. So it's not surprising that they're, you know, the restaurants are here. But um, there it's it's this little hole-in-the-wall dive. We We actually discovered it right when it opened. And man, I, it, it's it's gotten pretty big, and it's never empty. It's always packed, and and um, but God, it was some of the best Mexican food I've ever had. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm from St. Louis. I didn't mention that to you, but uh, yeah, nice. we have 
we have a big population there that that make just this amazing food. They still wear the cowboy hats and the pointy boots and everything. Sure. It's so funny, man. Sure. Like their culture is just like implanted right there. It's great. Okay, what book are you reading? Oh God, embarrassing question. Uh, I I nothing. Fifty Shades nothing. of Grey. <laughs> nothing. I I I tend to you know I'm an audiobook guy myself to be honest. Yeah, but... I like that. Yeah, me too. I have been I have been neglectful in reading, so that's a hard pass. Sorry. <laughs> I'm reading the book now. ADHD Hunters in a Farmer Society. That's pretty fascinating. Hunters in a Farmer Society. Yeah, it's it's about ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity sure, sure. disorder. Yeah. So yeah, it's really really good. Uh, people probably see my posts, uh, on Facebook all the time. I always get a page and I'm like, ah, oh, that's perfect. And I put it up. Uh, okay. What is your favorite new band or musician? Hmm. Actually, I really liked, um, Billie Eilish, not the, not her current album, but the album that she, I think it was her debut album. I actually heard it and I was like, this is really kind of fun. Yeah. So I guess current i would say probably her she's um, got a good uh she, i watched a couple videos with her she's got a thing that kind of harks back to um the early busta rhymes like not not rap I've, obviously she's not really rapping but like when you look back at the busta rhymes videos the way he did his videos were so kind of like colorful and weird and strange and kind of surreal yeah. And she has the same thing. Like she's it's like the same color palette almost and the same kind of vibe. So it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'm I'm a fan as well. Um all right. Let's see. This is a new one that I added. You have an opportunity to plug your brain into the internet and instantly access all the world's information at any moment. Do you plug in or do you stay unplugged? Oh, unplugged. God, no. Jesus. <laughs> I think the older that you get, the more likely your answer is to be unplugged. Yeah. But it's surprising how quickly people uh, volunteer for that. Uh, and that's actually, you know, you'll, you'll probably see that in your lifetime. I mean, they're doing human tests this year, so. Of being able to access everything to know everything? Oh, no, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be that advanced okay i mean it's probably going to take 15 or 20 years to get there <laughs> but no we see close. we see in, we see in you know here too much right now as is yeah yeah but your son will be alive for that he'll see that yeah so and I, you know, I, and I think being an older person i can digest this sort of thing i can sort of you know i i, I can sort of ignore what i need to ignore but I think younger generations, they just they take it all in and they take it, you know, um, you know, take it all so seriously. And it's I don't know. Yeah, there was a that's book my that, observation. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. They take it too seriously. There was a book that came out called The Ecstasy of Communication. It was written by um, written, I think, maybe in the 60s or 70s by a French he was a French philosopher, but he was like a technological guy. It was a really dense book, but all the stuff that he talked about there and there is exactly what's happening. And one of the main things that was that there'll be so much information 
and people will assume that that's going to make us all smarter, but it's actually will make people stupider <laughs> because the information will be overloaded and it will it will be very surface. And that's that's what I hate about it, man. Like I I'm not a headline person, you know. Like I want the guts of the story. I want to know who was there, when it happened, why it happened, you know. That's yeah. what's interesting about the story, right? So and all the opinions and, and, and slants and everything that, that's out there. And it's hard to discern what is the truth, what is the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're trapped on an island. You can only bring one object. What is the object? The uke! <laughs> that's a good answer. It's funny because people don't bring us. Nobody ever says I'm going to bring a Swiss Army knife or canned food or anything everyone's like oh i think i'll bring my uh, sketchbook or <laughs> it's like oh well sketchbook's <laughs> not gonna taste good when you're <laughs> starving well if i had a big enough you i could use it as a life raft and float my way to safety yeah that's, that's so a maybe, good argument so maybe uh one of those uh one of those the bass guitar that the mariachi bands played maybe that's a better option <laughs> yeah you could i mean you could also use it to like Calm the animals, you know, calm the predators. <laughs> Lure them to me, then hit them over the head with it. Yeah, there's there's a, some, a lot of good uses for use. I never thought of it. It's kind of like the Swiss Army knife, uh, the hippie Swiss Army knife. <laughs> okay, you. St- oh, this one's really dramatic. You ready? You stand at the precipice overlooking the treacherous terrain of the creative journey. It's dark, jagged, and mysterious. Behind you stand a whole generation of creatives. You have 30 seconds to distill the best advice before they begin their quest. What do you tell them? Uh, Get a job at the Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) Pursue your interest. Just focus on what you enjoy. Don't worry about what other people think. Okay, good advice. And you have one week to live. Well, how do you spend it? Oh, boy. How do you get around the world in one week? A lot of places I'd like to see. How far have you been? Uh, I've been to Dublin. We went to England back in 97. Okay. So uh, I have a brother in Switzerland, the 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 artist one that I followed. So um, I need to go see him. I need to get there. And Does he make an art? Uh, no, he actually he pursued music. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, and actually, to backtrack some, he's the reason I went oh. to Opryland in the first place. He was going into music, so he went down there ah. to Nashville. It's in Nashville, Tennessee, to pursue music. Uh, landed a job at Opryland as a musician. Told me about this caricature thing that they were doing, and so. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, when you come to Switzerland, uh, Prague's not too far away, so you can come and say hi. Said it's a. It's a uh, is it, I, t- I assume there's a train that can take yeah. you there. Yeah. Yeah. So. There's a train. That There's was a just train awesome. and a bus. Probably take the bus. The bus buses are nicer. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Usually in the Czech Republic they are anyway. Yeah. Usually you get the you get a TV and you get the comfy seats and you know they give you free coffee or water or whatever. No kidding. Oh yeah. god, the bus system here is horrible. I would never take the bus. <laughs> yeah, like the Greyhound criminal line. No, I made that mistake a long time ago, and like, oh my god, this. They just take forever and, you know, yeah, people. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, the buses are are really good here, and they're pretty cheap too. I think I can get from I can get from uh, Prague to Dresden, which is about ninety minutes, and back for something like twenty five bucks. And yeah, and that includes the the the. I mean, it's crappy coffee, but it's free coffee, and, sure, and sure. you know, so whatever. That's good with me. Wow. Yeah. Um, so how can people find you or do you want to be found? <laughs> you know, you, you'd asked about, is there anything I want to promote? I'm like, I don't really need to, cause I'm not, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not really pursuing freelance work or anything. I mean, I have the benlane.com website. So, um, but you know, I, I, I certainly am open to anyone contacting me if they're interested in working in animation and want to know more. I have no problems answering questions. Okay, so. cool, cool. Um, and uh yeah come to ben's house on halloween definitely uh, what are you going to do next year uh COVID you know covid theme <laughs> well you know i had like two years ago i had i made like a shooting gallery and and i was so excited to expand on that last year and of course that was a big womp womp um so i don't know i'm i i I always wanted to do like a, a circus type theme nice. and, uh, and uh, I may pull the trigger on that one this year. We'll see. I've done the pirates thing for so long that I'm kind of ready to retire. I, I love circus themed stuff. Like I love the circus aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of my things. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had, had, it's, it's always been in the back of my mind. So I, you know, I, Every once in a while, we'll try to work up. How, could I? Could I pull this off for Halloween? Could I get this? And the problem that comes is, where the hell will I put it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. have a very small garage, so okay, that room. Nice, cool. Is there uh, any famous last words? Oh, ah, God. See, <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, Ben Lane, everybody. Thanks for watching. You want to play a ukulele song before we go? sounds great <laughs> cool well it's good talking to you it's good to get to know you a little bit better i didn't know you're from the midwest maybe that's yeah, why I, that's why i like you